Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. I will be here for the next hour solo, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Of course, if you can't listen live or you can only hear a portion of it, don't worry. You can hear it on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search full-time fantasy, hit subscribe, and you'll get a notification whenever a new episode is uploaded. It's usually right after, not too far after, the live show concludes. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at aron 88 you can see some of my pictures and video from Barcelona and Ibiza as I am uh, back from vacation now. So you can check that out, of course. Check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. I have an article up looking at Ross Stripling, who now enters the Dodgers rotation with Rich Hill sidelined with that forearm soreness. So what will Stripling do for your fantasy team? If he's out there, should you pick him up? All those questions are answered in that article at FullTimeFantasy.com. Dr. Reddle continues to look at training camp questions. This one, a look at the New Orleans Saints. And, of course, Sean Childs with his in-depth team profiles as he's already completed all the AFC teams and is up to the uh, Minnesota Vikings in the uh, NFC. So you could check all of that out, of course. Uh, the waiver wire report as well, and uh, NASCAR rankings, and any questions you have, you can ask them on the message boards and the forums. They will get answered. Obviously, a lot of baseball questions there now, but I uh, see an NFL question coming in as well. So don't be afraid to ask any question that you have. We are here to help, of course. We got you covered for DFS as well. For MLB, write-ups each day. The optimizer to help you out, as well as the Slack chat leading up to lineup block. So, plenty of ways to win money and improve your fantasy game because it's not just giving you guys information. We want you guys to become better players and think. And that's, uh, we, we have tons of tools to help you in that capacity, of course. We also have our high stakes leagues, playffwc.com. And if you don't have the money to play in the high dollar leagues, we got different price points for you. We got a starter full season league. Tonight, 18-round draft, 90-second clock, $35 to enter. Nine spots left. The draft kicks off 7 p.m. Eastern. We also have a draft and go best ball draft, 28 rounds, 75-second clock, eight spots left in that one. 9 p.m. Eastern price point is $99. And again, don't forget, come out to Vegas first weekend of the NFL season for our world championships or online, whatever it is. We had a beat Adam Ronis League the last two years. First year, I didn't win it. Last year, I won. So if you guys want to take us on for that, I'm sure there'll be a beat Dr. Roto League as well. But it's a good time. You know, the fantasy community is great. Uh, we hang out. We watch the Thursday night game. They do a big draft right after that Thursday night game. We got drinks. 
Uh, it's a really good time. And we draft for a couple days, uh, hang out, have fun, and watch the Sunday games for week one all together in a bar with all the TV. So it really is a good time and met a lot of you last year. So if you haven't experienced it, come on out. It's one of my favorite times of the year. And I'm not just saying that because I'm there. I was very impressed the first year I went out. Two years ago was the first time I came out. Uh, and I've been there the last two years, so I will be there in September. So check it out, playffwc.com. You can put a deposit down if you want to play in Vegas, or even if you can't make it and want to get in the World Championship online, you can put a $200 deposit down now, pay the rest later. Also, you don't have to even pick your draft date and time yet. Obviously, some people don't know. you got other drafts that you want to do, and you're not sure of your schedule. You can put the deposit down now and wait. Uh, we'll talk. We did a lot of football in the first hour, so we'll do some baseball here. Matt Modica will join me from the Athletic coming up in the next segment. But let's take a look at some of the news going on right now in baseball. And there's a lot going on, even though it was a light slate yesterday. Tons of information and news. Uh, the Astros have activated George Springer from the injured list. This was expected. So hopefully, in a weekly league, if you had to. Set your lineups by first pitch yesterday. You got him in. If not, and it locks at first pitch of the first game, you have time. You can get Springer in there right now. So Springer was out about a month with that left hamstring strain. And it was a big loss for fantasy owners. You know, Springer was having a huge year. And this was probably the cheapest he's been in quite a while, fourth, fifth round. And I didn't get him anywhere this year. Uh, I've always liked Springer, but I was a little off him this year um, just because – I wasn't sure if the average would be good enough and hitting a leadoff, the RBI total will be down. But, you know, the one thing that we have discussed, and it's something to look at, when you're talking about prolific lineups like the Astros, uh, the Yankees, even the, and the Twins this year, we talked about it and I wrote about it with Byron Buxton, even though he's on the injury list right now, hitting in the ninth spot. Uh, I wrote an article a couple weeks ago about Buxton, like no one's talking about him because he was producing and he wasn't hurt. Of course, he's on the injury list now, but it doesn't appear serious that he could be back any day. But in these prolific lineups, the numbers are going to be there if the if the team's offense are that good, and especially with so many bad teams, especially in the American League and poor pitching, the numbers would be there. I mean, think about what Springer was doing, missing a month, 308 average, 389 OBP, 643 slugging, 17 home runs with 43 RBIs, excellent out of the leadoff spot, and even four stolen bases and 41 runs in 48 games, just tremendous numbers. And Springer, the one thing, too, he talked about it in the spring a little bit. He wanted to run a little bit more. And even if he only gives you 8 to 10 steals, that's valuable. I said it all preseason. You know, you get a, a, several of those guys that give you 8 to 10 steals, they add up. Because with steals down, you don't need as many steals to be competitive in the category. You don't want to reach for these stolen base guys. I know Malik Smith's been better lately, but paying for him, the D Gordons, I just hate doing that. And you can still be competitive. So getting Springer, even if he gets you 8 to 10 stolen bases, is very valuable. So he's back in the lineup. The Astros also activated Colin McHugh from the injured list. Uh, he's obviously going to be back in the bullpen for now. Maybe he turns into a starter at some point later this year. And I did like McHugh before the year, so that's one that didn't work out. Uh, I did write him up as someone to target, so can't get everyone right. Definitely was wrong on McHugh. I drafted him in Tout Wars, wound up dropping him. Uh, so that didn't work out. I thought he would transition into the starting rotation and pitch well, and it didn't happen. So, uh, you know, it's uh, unfortunate. Uh, the Braves activated Sean Newcomb from the concussion list. Uh, looks like he's probably going to be in relief for now. Bryce Wilson will start for the Braves on Thursday uh, with the uh, Mike Fulton-Awich getting sent down to the minor leagues. Uh, 
Also, we found out yesterday about Jordan Hicks of the Cardinals. I think it, it might have broke probably a little bit after this show ended, uh, but he has a torn UCL and uh, just uh, real unfortunate there. Hicks was a closer that started to rise up my draft board uh, as the preseason went along because I wasn't really sure if he'd be the guy, what would they do there. Uh, and then the indication was that he would be. So uh, he probably made his way into my top 15 closers, and I actually only got him in one league. It was the last draft I did because I wanted to share. I think one of my bold predictions was Hicks could finish as a top five closer. You know, uh, he obviously had a high strikeout rate. The biggest problem for him has been command and in control of finding the strike zone, but he was pitching pretty well. He had a couple of bumpy outings, including one recently. But he, overall, he was good. 3-1-4 ERA, 0.94 whip, 31 strikeouts, 11 walks, and 28 and two-thirds innings. And in fact, he had converted 14 consecutive save opportunities after blowing the first one of the season. But he's got a tear of the UCL in his elbow. And I think we pretty much knew Saturday when it happened that it wasn't good. I saw him walk off the mound, and they said triceps tendonitis. And I was definitely concerned. Didn't drop him on Sunday night, though, because... You know, you can't make that rash decision. I know the Cardinals are saying, oh, it's not that serious. I was worried, but you can't make the drop immediately. This week, obviously, it's easy. Uh, when Fab runs Sunday, he'll be a drop. Now, the big question is, who's going to close with the Cardinals? And there's kind of conflicting reports here. John Gant was available in some leagues over the weekend. I was able to get him in one. I was not aggressive enough in TGFBI where I really need a closer, and I probably should have been. I think he went for 38. My runner-up was 33, and I don't have any closers there. Now, Gant came into a game on Sunday night against the Angels. The team was losing 2-0 in the top of the ninth, and Gant was awful. But he's been really good this year. So I know uh, John Mosaliak indicated in an interview that Gant would get first crack. Then we saw an article yesterday from Rick Hummel of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch who said that he thinks it's Martinez, that he's expected to take over most of the closer duties. So we haven't heard from the manager, Mike Schilt, yet. So I, I don't know. Like, you know, I was asked questions yesterday, and I said, pick up both. I'd probably lean towards Gant and then Martinez. And I think those guys are probably owned in most leagues by now, unless your, your league is sleeping. Now, Martinez did have five saves late in the season last year. And I think both guys can get the job done. But I'm just not sure what direction the Cardinals are going in. They really have not made it clear. And it's always tough in a situation like this. I really don't think the performance of Gant on Sunday night should be much of a factor. It wasn't a safe situation. And he's been pretty good this year. So I kind of lean towards him. But uh, I know Carlos Martinez was owned in a lot of leagues anyway already. So... Uh, I doubt those guys are available anymore, but maybe it's both. Or maybe the Cardinals make a trade for a closer. Maybe they go out and get Ken Giles or Will Smith, who was rumored to maybe go to the Dodgers. Who knows? So for now, though, Gant Martinez should be rostered in all leagues, and we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Not good news yesterday. Tyler Glasnow of the Rays, he has been shut down for three weeks. He had another MRI, and there was more inflammation after he threw, I think, last week. So... This is not good news. You cannot feel good as a Tyler Glass owner, and I do have him in a couple leagues. One league I have an IL spot, so he's on it. Uh, another league is a 15-team league with 30 roster spots. It's basically NFBC rules, but it's not NFBC league, but pretty competitive league. I have Glass now there, and I've been holding him. We don't have any IL spots, just seven reserves, and I've been holding on to him. 
I probably will a little bit longer. There's usually not a lot available on waivers in that league, but I mean, we're we're getting to the point where does he return this year? I mean, think about it. So it's June 25th. He's not going to throw for another three weeks. That's after the All Star break, and then that's only not throwing. Then maybe he picks up a ball, throws what 10, 15 pitches or something, and then you got to okay, is he fine? Does he recover? Is he good to go? On a rehab, so we're looking at maybe, I mean, early August at the best, and then mid-August, do they bring him back in a capacity where he only throws two, three innings? They use him as an opener or an opener, and then he follows. So, yeah, there's a lot of risk here right now with Tyler Glass now, and there might be some situations where you just can't afford to sit and wait on him, but it's just terrible news because Glass now was pitching great and I wrote about him this year as a breakout pitcher and it was looking good it was looking good for the way he was pitching he was dominant and unfortunately this injury occurs and who knows what's going to happen with him so definitely bad news and I could see situations where maybe you have to cut him Caleb Smith he had a rehab start yesterday and he was tremendous at double a Jacksonville he struck out 11 over four and a third innings. He allowed two runs on two solo home runs. And he had a stretch where he struck out eight straight. Now, you expect him to do that at this level. Uh, he's been sidelined with a hip injury. He said he didn't feel it at all. So, you know, he could be back this weekend uh, against the Phillies. He threw 71 pitches in that rehab. So he could easily get back to 85 to 90. And they've been babying him most of the way anyway. And... So he comes back, you know, what happens here to the rest of this rotation? You know, they've had guys step up, and including some big uh, fab guys that were picked up over the weekend. Now, Jose Urena is going to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, Pablo Lopez, I don't know. I haven't seen any timetable for him. He's been out with the shoulders. So if Smith comes back, you're looking at one of Zach Yellen, Eliza Hernandez, or Jordan Yamamoto, who will be booted from the rotation. Or maybe they go six-man. These are young arms. They're going to watch their innings, so it's certainly possible. Uh, Hernandez has been pretty good so far. 16 and two-thirds innings over three starts, 378 ERA, 19 strikeouts, three walks. Yamamoto has a 0.95 ERA in 19 innings with 19 strikeouts, eight walks. And Zach Gallon, who was probably the guy that uh, got the most fab over the weekend, 1.80 ERA, six strikeouts, two walks in the five innings of his one start. So uh, my guess is Hernandez says the odd man out, but who knows? But it's definitely something worth paying attention to as a, uh, you know, pretty much all three of those guys have been picked up over the last week, week and a half. So we'll see what happens there with the Marlins. Noah Syndergaard is going to make a rehab start tonight in Brooklyn with the Cyclones and likely joins the Mets rotation on Sunday, assuming everything goes well. Uh, I do have Syndergaard in one weekly league, and I put him in the lineup this week, hoping that he's going to go, but it is the Mets. Obviously, we've seen a lot of drama around them. They don't handle things well. But I'm hoping that he does get the start after this uh, rehab. Uh, so a lot of you had to make that decision yesterday with the Mets already playing. So my guess is he does make the start on Sunday. But it's the Mets, and who knows? You know, Syndergaard could have hand, foot, mouth disease again before then. Uh, it is the Mets, so you never know with them. Uh, Lucas Giolito, he's been great this year. He struggled a little bit over his last two starts. He had the best start against the Cubs, and not surprising. And then yesterday... A, a tough two-start week this week. Boston and Minnesota. I still had Julio Lito in my lineups where I have him in a couple leagues. Uh, five and two-thirds innings yesterday, three runs, seven Ks. 
He left with the bases loaded. It looked like he might get out of the gym. It was the sixth inning, bases loaded, two out. And you could see the bat against Michael Chavis. He just, it looked like he was overthrowing a little bit because he was just out of the strike zone. He walked in a run. So that tied the score at three. And fortunately, uh, I think it was uh, Marshall who came in and got a strikeout. So at least more runs didn't score for Giolito. But yeah, it's tough to be pissed off of him. The guy's got a 2.87 ERA. So I think we knew with some tougher opponents on the schedule that it wouldn't be as smooth, but it was still a solid performance for him yesterday. Uh, Steven Matz, we've talked about a lot, man. His first innings are just a major problem. He's allowed 10 runs in the first inning this year. And he had a two-start week. We knew the start in Philadelphia was going to be a tough one. He gave up seven runs in four and a third. He's got a 4.85 ERA. He hasn't been as good lately, and he just has these blow-ups, and that's the problem with him. So he is kind of better for the daily format. He pitches better at home, and it's been two awful starts this year at Philadelphia for Steven Matz. As it was an extremely high-scoring affair last night. I mean, Zach Eflin gave up six runs in five innings, and he still got a win because the Phillies offense pounded the Mets for double digits yesterday. When we retire, we'll talk more baseball. Joining me will be Matt Bodica from The Athletic. He also plays in a ton of high-stakes leagues, so we'll talk with him. When we return, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. We got you covered 
with fantasy football prep and still some baseball. Got an article up looking at Ross Stripling today. Joining me now, it is Matt Modica from The Athletic. Matt, what is going on? Well, welcome back, Ronis. I'm doing well. I uh, hope you're refreshed. Uh, a little bit. I mean, yeah, we all need a little bit of a break. So I was away, for those that don't know, at Barcelona and Ibiza. But uh, probably could use another week. They're laughing at us there because, you know, a lot of times we only go on vacation for like a week. They, they take like three weeks a month. And I told them I'm there about a week. <laughs> They, and these guys, one guy was from Italy, lives in Barcelona for 13 years. The other guy was from, I forgot where, and they were just like, a week, that's it? And I'm like, yeah. And they were laughing at me. Yeah. Well, that, now you can say you truly are the international man of mystery. Yeah, I guess so for now. But, uh, yeah, it was my first time in Europe, man. Have you been anywhere in Europe? Yes, I've been to Amsterdam and uh, Switzerland and Frankfurt for work when I worked for Deutsche Bank. Oh, okay, so Amsterdam. I've heard a lot of good things about that place. Uh, anything you did out there that you can share with us? No, not really. I was actually out there because pretty much uh, somebody I consider my little brother, he used to play for the Giants, and he was playing for NFL Europe at the time. So it was a, it was a pretty good time. A lot of drugs and some football. What did you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear any women in there. What happened to the women? Uh, we'll keep that part, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. Your kids listen. Your kids listen. Yeah, let's hope so. We need kids uh, <laughs> to get ingratiated into fantasy sports. Uh, do you think you? How many kids do you think are playing fantasy baseball nowadays? You know what? I, I think it's more than what people uh, think that it is. I think the one thing baseball itself needs to do is get more kids to play the game. And I, I know in all these other countries, we have all these camps and all that. And we need to have that here in America where there's camps, there's scholarships and all that incentives. Once you play the game, you love it, you'll watch it. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, home runs every day, like unlimited and stuff like that for people to enjoy baseball. Well, we just got some good news right now. Joey Gallo has been activated off the injured list. He is batting fifth today. Now, Gallo is someone I talked a lot before the season where I felt like you kind of had to construct your roster right, expecting a low average, but he's actually surprised us so far, batting 277, 17 homers, 41 RBIs. We knew the power and RBIs would be there. The big question was the average. Can he maintain this average? Is there anything you see that says, you know what, maybe he can? Or even if he hits 250, I think we would take that when people were probably penciling him in for 215, 220. So, what do you see as the outlook the rest of the year for Gallo as far as batting average? I mean, I'm going to hope for 250, just going on past trends. But he has, made, he has made adjustments. He hits the ball so hard. So anytime, if he hits the line drives, it's going to be difficult for him not to get hits. You know, your fly balls, you're going to have a low Babbitt and all that stuff on, but most of his fly balls are going to leave the yard. But he seems to be, you know, a much more disciplined hitter. He's controlling the strike zone. There was a great article, I uh, forget who wrote it, but in the offseason, him and the, and the hitting coach, the discussion and what went into it and all that. So he has made a conscious effort to get better, make the improvements. So I'm really excited about Joey Gallo. Someone who I was excited about before the year who has kind of been a, a little bit of a disappointment, and I know he had the injury earlier on, that's Daniel Murphy. I just thought in cores, you know, this guy could hit 330, 340. Uh, it hasn't happened. Now, he has actually been pretty good in June. He's hitting 333 this month with an 850 OPS. Is there still more good things to come with Murphy? 
I, I mean, I would have to think so. The guy, I mean, I, don't, I know it's a cliche, professional hitter, but I mean, the, the guy could always hit, even with the Mets, and he just improved as time went on there. Uh, he, the, the injury stuff, he hurt his hand and his finger or whatever. I mean, that has to play a part in it as well. Look, there's, a, there's three months left of the summer or the season, whatever, and, you know, Coors Field is going to bully, you know, just an average hitter. So I think if you own him, you know, it has been somewhat of a disappointment, but I would think the best is yet to come. Uh, I didn't know this offhand, but I'm going to ask you. Do you know how many RBIs Daniel Murphy has this year? What would be your guess? I, you know what? I, I don't know the numbers. I really don't own them, but I'm going to say it's somewhere in the high 30s. 40. It's actually not that bad. 40 in 53 games. Yeah. I had seen the stat a couple of weeks back, like, and I was like, wow, he's got a lot of hobby highs for, you know, for somebody that was not really doing well. But, you know, you can rack up, you can rack up some uh, runs in uh, course field. Awful stuff. You definitely can. Talking to Matt Modica from The Athletic. Uh, disappointing player this year, Rugnet Odor. Uh, we saw last year he did make some adjustments in that second half and looked good, but uh, it's really the batting average. I mean, you've got 10 homers, 36 RBIs, 7 steals. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, it's not bad. But he's hitting 175. Uh, strikeout rate's way up. Does he turn it around? Uh, you know, people have been asking, you know, do I get rid of him? And I hate those open-ended questions like, oh, should I get rid of Odor? <laughs> well, how many teams are in the league? Who are you replacing him with? You know, it's not that mm-hmm. simple. I'm sure you deal with the same. But uh, in general with Odor, is he someone that, that can bounce back as far as the batting average is concerned? I mean, I kind of think he's a better player than this as far as batting average. stuff. I know he's had, he had a horrific season and stuff like that. But, you know, at age 22, he did something only 15 players have ever done. You know, 25 homers, 14 steals. So, I mean, he's got talent. I don't know if he figures it out. I don't own him anywhere. Uh, you know, it's just something with his price and stuff. There were other guys I was going at. It was a big Kettle Marte guy. So that's worked out well. Thank God he avoided injury. But, I mean, I, I couldn't see cutting him right now unless you're in a shallower type league. You know, for 12 and ups, I, I had to hold him. At least in a 12, put him on my bench. And, you know, there's a whole summer, at the last summer of Globe Life Park. So, Yeah, I mean, it definitely uh, still three months to go. And, again, we saw it last year with him. And mm-hmm. the steals and power are still there a little bit. Blake Snell coming off just a, a terrible outing against the Yankees. He only recorded one out, allowed six or runs. So, obviously, that's going to inflate the numbers a little bit. And the ERA now at 4.40. Uh, he did have an outing, though, before that against the Angels where he only went three and a third. So it's a couple bad starts. And actually, three of his last four starts, uh, including one at Detroit, have been bad. Is there any reason to worry here with Snell or in a trading league? Do you go out and acquire him right now? I mean, if I can get a discount on him, I'm going after him right now. Look, uh, I don't think he – I think he came back way too soon from that toe injury. I know he's said it's not the toe and stuff. And the fastball, one thing I've looked at, and I, I put it in my article this weekend, you know, the, the fastball usage is down 10%, and the curveball, you know, has been elevated 10%, but the curveball has been getting, you know, hit pretty hard this year. So I think he's got to get back to commanding that fastball. I think this is a super talent. We saw what he did from earlier August on last year. So my main thing I want to preach to people right now is the all-star break arises and we're reaching the half mark of the season, like the end of this week. You know, the guys that killed it the first half 
most of them aren't going to kill them in the second half. That's just baseball. You know, unless you're Mike Trout or somebody like that. But for the majority of them, guys that were bad in the first half that had track records will show up in the second half. So that's why it's, baseball's great and it's a long season. So you're telling me Kristen Yelich is only going to hit seven home runs in the second half? Well, I, I think Yelich is now rivalry. <laughs> a rivalry uh, Trout, or perhaps you're passing him right now. I mean, if you had the number one pick, you know, you had to do a draft, who would you take? I think i got to take Yelich here. I've always taken Trout. I tried the Mookie bet saying I'd take him, and when money was on the line, it was Trout. But I think it's Yelich now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I'm just glad when I had the third pick in the draft, I took him. Uh, <laughs> certainly, certainly looks pretty, pretty smart right now, and I have him in my keeper league as well. So it's been a fun ride if you own Christian Yelich. And every oh, day, wonderful. every day you just watch, <laughs> like, oh, there's another home run. Oh, there's a stolen base. This is great. Uh, the Cardinals, Jordan Hicks, the UCL tear. And we're seeing different reports on who's going to close, and this is always kind of difficult to figure out. Because a lot of times we get this wrong. I remember the Angels, mm-hmm. everyone thought it was going to be Ty Butchery, and I wrote an article. I said, if you look at what they're doing, they're telling you it's Robles, and obviously Robles has been pretty good. A couple scares here and there. But with the Cardinals, who do you think it is? I mean, if you're putting your money down, John Gant, Carlos Martinez, Andrew Miller? Well, I, yeah, I think maybe all three get a save here and there. But if you listen to John Zoliak, he, the head coach is saying it's Martinez. I picked up Carlos Martinez like three weeks ago or so, and I almost dropped him the weekend before in Fed. And I was like, you know what, let me hold for one more week. And luckily I did. And now of the two teams I have Hicks, I have Martinez on both. I have Gant on one of those. So this week I have Gant and Martinez in one of my lineups. Of course, the other pitching matchups were just terrible. I wasn't rolling Trevor Williams out versus uh, Houston and Milwaukee on the road. That wasn't happening. So, I, I, I mean, look, I'm hoping it's Martinez. For me personally, Gant has been terrific. Forget the Sunday night blow-up. He's been fantastic this season. I think Gant maybe plays a better you know, seven-eighth inning role where he can take those two innings and you can maximize Martinez. Ninth. But I'm not super confident in Seamart uh, right now, neither. He's, he's been a bit of a head case the last year or so. Blake Trinan landing on the injured list. I think there has to be some concern there with how long he misses. I mean, he has not mm-hmm. been pitching well for a while. And, of course, he said he was trying to pitch through it, as we often see with players. And we, we can help, but it's just looking at some of the numbers and velocity readings and movement on his pitches. that Something wasn't right. So he finally goes on the injured list. And, of all people, Liam Hendricks appears to be the guy to close. I did get him in a league or two. Uh, do you think he can keep this job and – were you in on the bidding for him? Did you have enough money to get him in Fab over the weekend, if needed? Oh, he was—he, I was in on the bidding. I did not get him. Uh, him and Logan Allen were two guys I really wanted. Missed out on both completely. Uh, but look, at least the A's told you straight up uh, after that Saturday game. He's our closer. You knew going into Sunday night. He's been their best reliever this year. I know we all love Trevino. What he did last year, Trevino has not pitched well. And I don't think really story is a threat. So, look, I, I would write Hendricks. If you got Hendricks, you've got to be happy. And I don't think this is a, uh, a short-term thing with Trident. I think this is – I know it's muscular, not structural. I, I don't think he's coming back for a while. I agree. Yeah. I was able to get him in Tout Wars for 73 bucks. Uh, the DTGFBI, nice. he, went, he went for a, over 100 bucks, And 
I have no closers in the TGFBI, man. So that's really, really hurt me. And, uh, you know, I, I know things change from year to year, but I was thinking about this over the last couple of weeks. And in the leagues where I'm successful in the 15-team leagues, like I got one closer and then mm-hmm. maybe a second one I got fortunate or I picked up a Hector Neris off the waivers. I think there were, in this year, in that range, I mean, obviously I wasn't paying for Trinidad or Edwin Diaz at the top. But if you got Brad Hand, Felipe Vasquez – you know, all those guys in the middle, or Osuna, mm-hmm. you get one of those guys and then kind of patchwork the second one together. I think that's the way to go. And I know you don't want to just go off one-year results, but I think that's the best way to approach it, uh, to stay competitive in the saves category. Did you find yourself in a similar situation this year, and do you agree with that sentiment? I totally agree with that. That's my philosophy for the last couple of seasons. I've done it this year in my solo main where I'm 15th overall. Uh, Jordan Hicks has been my only closer. Uh, I have uh, Carlos Martinez. I picked up Mike Lorenzen for $3 just to see if that thing continues out there in Cincinnati where he can vulture some saves. I wish I would have got Liam Hendricks just uh, missed out on that one. So I, I think it, it is good. You can be successful. But now we got to understand, this trade deadline is coming up in the next month. There's going to be a lot of different closures going on. So there's going to be opportunities. Nobody's got – a lot of people don't have money. So most people in your league are in the same boat as you do. And I think there's going to be opportunity to get some saves over this next month. you just got to be paying attention. It is absolutely true. I mean, the NFBC auction, we're in together, like basically 10 teams have like 120 bucks or fewer. I mean, it's. I think I got twenty one dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane, man. Well, you're in a better spot than me. That team is just uh, that I share with Brian Ambrose. It is just, it's a mess, man. Just between injuries and pitching not getting done, it's just uh, mm-hmm. terrible. But you're right there near the top, so uh, we'll see how that finishes out. But yeah, you're going to have to be very wise with your fab the rest of the way. Yeah, but this is a situation I'm usually in by the All Star break. Uh, I never have a lot of money at post All Star break. And I usually don't have money going into September. Uh, it's helped me well cash in a lot of leagues. It's cost me a couple of first places where I finished in second place in that final week because I didn't have that money to get that one last guy. But, you know, got to play the game. This is the way I play it. Who was the big guy that you spent money on in that auction league that has really helped? Oh, uh, who is the big guy in that auction league that I spent money on? I know the biggest guy I spent on all year is Clint Frazier, and I'm praying he gets traded because I think that's got to happen soon. I'm trying to stall a little at him as I pull it up. I'm trying to look at who I, who I actually bought. I, I know I, got, I spent money on him. I spent $100 on Julio Urias. And I kind of want him to get into that rotation, so I'm rooting against uh, Rush Stipple tonight. <laughs> Everybody out there know that. Uh, I don't really even know. I'm going to have to look that up. I'm looking at my team. I just uh, The offense is, was much better than I thought it would be. I need Carlos Correa to come back down on that team. I haven't heard anything, which is frightening. Well, it's prob- I did see something the other day. It looks like it's probably not going to be before the All-Star break with him and Oledmus Diaz. Uh, they said probably mm-hmm. not before the All-Star break. So, yeah, I, I have Correa actually in one league where I'm in first place, so I kind of need him back. And, you know, Correa was not really a target for me this year, and it was one of those drafts where I said, you know what, I have no Carlos Correa. He's here <laughs> late fourth round. You know what, I'll take him. And uh, it's kind of been disappointing. Uh, speaking of disappointing, and I didn't get him anywhere – 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I mean, 255, 322 OVP, seven homers, 21 RBIs. Uh, is it just the expectations were too high? Will he get better? Uh, because a lot of people expected Vlad to come out and hit immediately, like we've seen from Austin Riley. It's not happened for Vlad. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, if I had a bet rest of the season, starting today, stats going forward, Riley versus Guerrero, I will take Guerrero all the way. Look, Riley's got power. I'm not telling you that. I wish I had him on my team. That strikeout percentage. People got to stop throwing him fastballs. I think Vlad is going to blow up, go on a run in the second half. Uh, it's been struggles. Everybody thought he was just walking and just run away with it. But I think, you know, be a little patient. Post-All-Star break, you're going to see a hell of a hitter. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty apparent. And, uh, you know, some people are disappointed for where they take him. But as we know what rookies, there can be ups and downs. But we've seen a lot of rookies come in and excel. Uh, Matt, let people know what you got going on at The Athletic. Well, yeah, every Sunday the two start, and I do something else with the pitching. I always get a little onto that, and Sundays I have a podcast without Melchior. All right, and uh, maybe we'll go to a Mets game again. Um, I don't know. I'm yeah, really let's excited try about and do that. that. I, I want really... to hear from the team. Oh, <laughs> I want to get thrown out. <laughs> trust me, I say it all the time. All these distractions, it's the owners, man. they got to get rid of them. Otherwise, it's going to be the same crap that we deal with year in, year out. Matt, always good talking yeah. to you. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Always a pleasure, Adam. All right, Matt Modica, you can find him at The Athletic. When we return, we'll wrap it up looking at lineups for tonight. That is coming up right here, Full-Time Fantasy. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Ooh, taking it back to the old school. Definitely feel this joint. 
always like hearing the old school music, man. This is the one of the better eras of hip hop. 90s too. If you haven't seen it, check out the Wu-Tang Clan documentary on Showtime. Tremendous four-part series. You can catch that on demand. Of course, you can check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Have a look at Ross Stripling, who's back in the starting rotation for the Dodgers tonight. Dr. Roto takes a look at his training camp questions, looking at the Saints and in-depth team profiles from Sean Childs. Latest look at the Minnesota Vikings and any questions you have. Ask them on the message boards and the forums. Become a member today, and you'll definitely be happy about it. Of course, DFS, we got covered too with baseball write-ups, optimizers, and the Slack chat leading up to lineup lock. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Browns minus two and a half, and they cover the spread by six points, you'll receive six times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. And the one thing about being away on vacation is I didn't get to do any wagering. And I, I do it. Uh, almost almost every day. You know, it really depends on what I see. But definitely was heavy into the NBA. So i uh, probably be doing some baseball now and uh, player props. That's another way to do it, too. I know some people are like, oh, I don't want to bet on the games. Well, if you play fantasy, player props. I mean, that's essentially what you're doing. Whether you play DFS or seasonal, you're projecting what you think a player would do. So you can go and check out the player props, you know, strikeouts for a pitcher over under. There's plenty of different ways to take the information that you have in fantasy and transfer it to sports betting, especially if you're in a legal state. And obviously a lot of the states are starting to implement it. So that's the one good thing. One of the few good things about being in New Jersey is I get to do that. And uh, from not too far away from the FanDuel Sportsbook over by uh, MetLife Stadium. And I was there a couple weeks ago for the first time. Definitely a fun time. And we'll, we'll be there. Hopefully get there uh, for some football and some live action. Uh, let's take a look. At some of the lineups for tonight, the Mets are in Philadelphia. Walter Lockett for the Mets against Jake Arrieta. Supposed to have a two-start last week, but moved it to this week as the Phillies had a couple games canceled against Washington last week. For the Phillies, Scott Kingery leads it off playing center field. He's been really good. He's probably owned in most leagues by now. I was able to get him in a league two weeks ago, and he's got that flexibility too, depending on your league format. But now... Looks like they might keep him at the top of the order, especially with Andrew McCutcheon out for the year. They lead off a couple times, so he's leading off at center field. Gene Segura with a big game last night. He's at shortstop hitting second. Bryce Harper in right field hitting third. Reese Hoskins looks like he's starting to heat up again. He was a little bit cool for a while, but he homered yesterday. He's at first base hitting cleanup. JT Romuto, the catcher, hitting fifth. Jay Bruce, who got the night off yesterday. He did pinch hit and hit a home run. He's in left field hitting sixth. Cesar Hernandez at second base hitting seventh. Mikel Franco, who we thought we might lose playing time, he had a big game yesterday for the Phillies, so keep an eye on him. And Jake Arrieta on the mound, batting ninth. The Blue Jays taking on the Yankees. Clayton Richard against Chad Green uh, as the opener for the Yankees. For the Blue Jays, Eric Sogard leading off at DH. He's been really good. You know, I was actually looking at him in waivers over the weekend. 
Uh, he's been hitting leadoff. It's a good ballpark, you know, average, little pop, uh, and he's been getting the job done. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting second at third base. Lord, is Guerrero Jr., man, left field hitting third. He's a guy I drafted at NFBC auction. He sucked, cut him when he got sent down to the minors. Man, he's been on a tear since he got called back up. I was fortunate to add him in Towers and one other league, but, man, he's just been uh, tremendous since getting called back up and now hitting in the middle of the lineup. So uh, he's someone that should be owned in all leagues by now. Kayvon Biggio at second base hitting cleanup. Teoscar Hernandez in center field in fifth. Roddy Telez, another guy, too, that's really heated up. And Telez was someone I was looking to get in my lineup this week in Tout Wars, but the problem was they had six games and three against lefties, and he's generally been sitting against lefties. Now, he got to start yesterday against Sabathia as a left-hander, but so I almost made the change, but they face James Paxton tomorrow, and then he's got another lefty over the weekend. I think offhand, if I'm not mistaken, it's the Royals and Danny Duffy. I'm not sure. But, you know, when you – so you project the beginning of the week, and, and this is important. you got to look at this in a weekly league. So six games, three against lefties. So I said, all right, he's probably going to play three. And he played yesterday. Okay, he played four out of six. Still not good enough. Uh, so that's something that you have to keep in mind. And if you're in the daily format too, you know, it's easier to plug him in and out because there was a question on the message board involving Telez, and I like him. But it's got to be more of a daily format. If you are going to use him in a weekly – you know, you want them to play at least five games a week. So if they're a seven-game set and there's five righties, yeah, you can get him in there. But he's been hot, and he's been hitting. And if I'm not mistaken, too, I was looking on DraftKings. I think he's 3,700 tonight uh, at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I think he's in play. Uh, Randall Grichuk at right field hitting seven. Freddie Galvis shortstop hitting eighth. And Danny Jansen in catcher hitting nine. Man, he has been so bad this year. Pretty much everyone had him ranked as a top-ten catcher, and he's just been a major disappointment. For the Yankees... I mean, this lineup is ridiculous. DJ LeMay, who's at second base leading leading off. This guy's been great this year. Uh, I did not see this coming. Aaron Judge back in the lineup after a day off. He's in right field hitting second. Gary Sanchez, a catcher, hitting third. Giancarlo Stanton, who had a home run yesterday in left field hitting cleanup. Luke Voigt at first base hitting fifth. Edwin Encarnacion is the DH hitting sixth. Aaron Hicks, who homered yesterday, hitting third, now hitting seventh at center field. Gleyber Torres, who's been great this year. He's at shortstop hitting eighth. And Joe Marshall at third base hitting ninth. Just a, a sick lineup there. Padres in Baltimore to be Logan Allen against Jacobonis. Allen is someone that I did pick up in a couple leagues. And this is a big start for him tonight. Because if he gets through this and pitches well, we could be looking at a two-start week next week. You know, the Padres do have a lot of arms there. Denelson Lamette is rehabbing in the minor league. So, uh, you know, Allen didn't have great numbers in the minor leagues, but it was a tough part, uh, you know, league that he was pitching in. So, I'm hoping he pitches well tonight since I do have him in a couple leagues where I added him and I am using him tonight. Uh, leading off for the Padres, Fernando Tatis, he's at shortstop. Eric Hosmer at first base batting second. Matty Machado facing his former team. He's at third base hitting third. Hunter Renfro in left field hitting cleanup. Been a tremendous year for him. Remember, he wasn't even playing every day for a while, but he's just uh, 23 home runs. Uh, there have been trade rumors surrounding him, though, as well. Framil Reyes in right field hitting fifth. Josh Naylor is the DH hitting sixth. Francisco Mejia is the catcher hitting seventh. Uh, Mejia is someone I picked up in a lot of leagues over the weekend, and I was not very high on Mejia going into the year because people were drafting him very high, and I had concerns if he would get the playing time. What about his defense? But he was called up last week. He started four games, sat Sunday for Austin Hedges, who had a good game. He struggled this year. But Mejia is back in there, and I'm going to take a shot as my second catcher on uh, Mejia. And I know he really hasn't hit at the big league level yet, 
But, you know, the catcher position is a disaster. So I'm, I'm, I've taken a shot on yeah. him in several leagues. Ian Kensler's at second base hitting eighth. And Manny Margot's in center field batting ninth. For the Orioles, Hanser Alberto's at third base leading off. Trey Mancini's at first base hitting second. Pedro Severino is the catcher hitting third. Uh, he's been a good pickup as well. I know we're kind of waiting for Chance Cisco to get that opportunity, but uh, Severino probably be in there against most left-handers, and he's been productive. Renato Nunez, the DH in cleanup. Jonathan Villar's at second base hitting fifth. Dwight Smith Jr. in left field hitting sixth. And Santander in right field hitting seventh. Keon Broxton in center field hitting eighth. And Richie Martin is the shortstop batting ninth. White Sox in Boston. Carson Fulmer against David Price for the White Sox. Larry Garcia leads it off playing center field. Tim Anderson is the shortstop hitting second. Jose Abreu at first base hitting third. James McCann, speaking of good catchers, he's the DH though today. He's hitting cleanup. Eloy Jimenez in left field batting fifth. John Jay in left and right field hitting sixth. Yoan Moncada, who homered yesterday, has picked it up. But once again, he got off to a hot start, cooled off, was on the injury list, but he's been hot lately. He's at third base hitting seventh. Jose Rondon is at second base hitting eighth. And Zach Collins behind the plate batting ninth. For the Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi is not in the lineup. He gets the day off. Mookie Betts leads it off playing right field. Rafael Devers at third base hitting second. Xander Bogarts at shortstop hitting third. J.D. Martinez is in left field hitting cleanup. Jackie Bradley Jr. is in center field hitting fifth. He homered yesterday. Obviously, it's been a terrible start to the season for him, but he has picked it up lately. Christian Vasquez, the catcher, hitting sixth. Michael Chavis is at first base hitting seventh. Hernandez at second base hitting eighth. And Eduardo Nunez is the DH batting ninth for the Red Sox. The Nationals taking on Miami. It'll be Max Scherzer against Trevor Richards, who has a two-start week. Trey Turner leads it off playing short. Adam Eaton in right field batting second. Anthony Rendon's at third base hitting third. Juan Soto, he's been on fire. He's in left field hitting cleanup. Howie Kendricks at first base hitting fifth. He's had a very uh, you know, good season for uh, the Nationals when he's been healthy and on the field. Kurt Suzuki's a catcher hitting sixth. Brian Dozier at second base hitting seventh. Victor Robles in center field hitting eighth. Had a scare over the weekend, but it was just dehydration. Scherzer on the mound, batting ninth. For the Marlins, Miguel Rojas at shortstop leads it off. Garrett Cooper in right field, batting second. Brian Anderson's at third base, hitting third. Starlin Castro's at second base, hitting cleanup. Neil Walker's at first base, hitting fifth. Curtis Granderson in left field, batting sixth. JT Riddle in center field, hitting seventh. Castillo behind the plate, batting eighth. And Richards on the mound, batting ninth for the Marlins. The Rangers in Detroit. Jesse Chavez against Jordan Zimmerman. For the Rangers, Sinshu Chu leads it off at DH. Willie Calhoun in left field, batting second. Elvis Andrews is at shortstop, hitting third. Nomar Mazzara in right field, hitting cleanup. Joey Gallo is in center field as he is activated off the injured list. He is batting fifth. Logan Forsyth at third base, hitting sixth. Renato Dorr at second base, hitting seventh. Ronald Guzman at first base, hitting eighth. And Jeff Mathis behind the plate, hitting ninth. So Danny Santana, the odd man out tonight. Jacoby Jones leads it off at center field for the Tigers. Nicholas Castellanos is in right field batting second. Miguel Cabrera is the DH. He is hitting third. Brandon Dixon, who's actually had a, a good season so far. He's a kind of sneaky deep league play. He's at first base. Hitting cleanup. Stewart in left field hitting fifth. Nico Goodrum's at shortstop hitting sixth. Gordon Beckham's at second base hitting seventh. Uh, Harold Castro's at third base. Hitting eighth, and Bobby Wilson is behind the plate, batting ninth. The Royals in Cleveland. It'll be Glenn Sparkman against Shane Bieber 
For the Royals, Whit Merrifield leads it off playing center field. Nicky Lopez at second base hitting second. Alex Gordon in left field hitting third. Hunter Dozier is at third base hitting cleanup. Jorge Soler is in right field hitting fifth. Cuthbert at the DH spot hitting sixth. Lucas Dudas at first base hitting seventh. Ortega, the shortstop, hitting eighth. Maldonado is the catcher batting ninth. The Braves are in Chicago to take on the Cubs. Expected a high-scoring game the year yesterday. It was 8-3. The wind was blowing out. Uh, it'll be Max Fried against Ad- Adbert Alize- Alize, uh for the Cubs, who looked good in his debut last week against the Mets. Uh, as Kyle Hendricks is still sidelined with that injury. I did see he started throwing yesterday. For the Cubs, leads it off. Kyle Schwarber in left field. Chris Bryant's in right field, batting second. Anthony Rizzo is at first base, sitting third. Javier Baez at short, hitting cleanup. Wilson Contreras had a great year. He homered again yesterday, and Contreras was a catcher I was able to get in quite a few leagues, usually in the double-digit rounds, right around, around 10, 11, sometimes 12, coming off a bad year, but he has bounced back in a big way to be one of the top offensive catchers this year. David Bode is at third base, hitting sixth. Addison Russell is at second base, hitting seventh. Al Zale is on the mound, hitting eighth, and Albert Almora will play center field and hit ninth. The Rays taking on the Twins, in which would be a good series. Blake Snell against Kyle Gibson. Snell coming off his worst outing of the year. Only recorded one out against the Yankees and allowed six earned runs. And three of his last four starts have not been good. And we've seen Snell's price come down. I think on DK, he's like 9K. It is a tough lineup, though, here against Minnesota. Brandon Lau leads it off playing second base. Tommy Pham's in left field hitting second. G-Man Choi's at first base hitting third. Austin Meadows, the DH in cleanup. Abigail Garcia is in right field, hitting fifth. Kevin Kiermaier is in center field, batting sixth. Travis Darnot is the catcher, hitting seventh. Joey Wendell's at third base, hitting eighth. And Willie Adamas at shortstop, batting ninth for the Rays. For the Twins, Jorge Polanco is at shortstop. He leads it off against the left-hander. Mitch Garver is the catcher, batting second. Nelson Cruz, the DH, hitting third. Eddie Rosario in left field, hitting cleanup. C.J. Crone at first base, hitting fifth. Max Kepler, he usually hits leadoff against righties, but he is dropped down to the sixth spot against the lefty. He's in center field. Williams Estadio in right field, hitting seventh. I saw him make a horrible defensive play the other day in right field. Miguel Sano at third base, hitting eighth. And Jonathan Scope, he's at second base, batting ninth for the Twins. The Pirates are in Houston. It'll be... Williams against Garrett Cole for the Pirates. Kevin Newman leads it off. He's at shortstop. Brian Reynolds in right field, batting second. Starling Marte is in center field, hitting third. Josh Bell at first base, hitting cleanup. Melky Cabrera is the DH, hitting fifth. Colin Moran at third base, hitting sixth. Corey Dickerson in left field, batting seventh. Elias Diaz, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Adam Frazier at second base, batting ninth. Seattle is in Milwaukee. Marco Gonzalez against Zach Davies for the Brewers. Yes, Mike Grandal leads it off playing catcher as there is uh, no Lorenzo Cain in the lineup tonight. Christian Yelich is in right field hitting second. Ryan Braun's in left field hitting third. Mike Moustakas at third base hitting cleanup. Jesus Aguiar at first base hitting fifth. Ben Gamble's in center field hitting sixth. Hernan Perez is the second baseman hitting seventh, so Travis Shaw is out. Zach Davies on the mound hitting eighth, and Orlando Arcia on the mound batting ninth. The A's in St. Louis, Chris Bassett against Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. Matt Carpenter leads it off at third base. Paul DeYoung at shortstop hitting second. Paul Goldschmidt's at first base hitting third. Marcelo Zuna in left field hitting cleanup. Jose Martinez once again 
He's getting playing time. Uh, he started to hit again, so he's pretty much playing every day. He's in right field hitting fifth. Yadier Molina is the catcher hitting sixth. Dexter Fowler in center field hitting seventh. As Harrison Bader has just been terrible, so he could lose some playing time. Colton Wong at second base hitting eighth. And Jack Flaherty on the mound batting ninth. Dodgers in Arizona to be Ross Stripling. First start since April 25th, so he might only go like four innings, 60 pitches. Robbie Ray on the mound for the Diamondbacks. Adam Jones leads it off in right field. Cattell Marte at second base hitting second. Eduardo Escobar is at third base hitting third. David Peralta is in left field hitting cleanup. Christian Walker at first base hitting fifth. Jared Dyson in center field hitting sixth. Nick Ahmed's the shortstop hitting seventh. Carson Kelly behind the plate hitting eighth. Robbie Ray on the mound batting ninth. Rockies are in San Francisco. It'll be Chi-Chi Gonzalez against Madison Bumgarner. The Reds are in Anaheim. It'll be Tyler Molly against Andrew Heaney. Uh, so that is a, a full slate tonight on a Tuesday night. Uh, quickly, the Mets lineup, Jeff McNeil in right field. Pete Alonso's at first base. Robinson Cano hitting third again. Come on, man. At second base, so dumb. Michael Conforto's in center field hitting cleanup. Todd Frazier's at third base hitting fifth. Dominic Smith in left field batting sixth. Wilson Ramos behind the plate hitting seventh. Ahmad Rosario at short hitting eighth. And Walter Lockett on the mound batting ninth. Anybody should be hitting third. Cano should be hitting eighth with the way he has hit this year. Just a complete joke that he's still at the three spot in the lineup. Don't forget, check out playffwc.com. We got drafts at 7 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern, different price points. Check it out. Join today and win some money. I'll be back Wednesday afternoon along with Dr. Roto here on Full Time Fantasy Sports at 2 p.m. Eastern. Have a great day.